In 2008, at the age of 35, with a husband and four kids all under the age of seven, Aurora Colello was diagnosed with a progressive and incurable disease, multiple sclerosis, otherwise known as MS. After going blind in her right eye, she was told she would never get her vision back, and her MRI showed 10 lesions all over her brain. Because of where her lesions were located, she was also told that she would be in a wheelchair within five years and on medications for her whole life. She thought her life was over, but as you're about to hear, it had actually just begun. We're going to meet Aurora Colello, who I met through a volunteer event that I was working at in the San Diego region. And after talking to her for just a few minutes, I knew that she was somebody special and I wanted to share her amazing story with you. In just a few minutes, we're going to be introduced to her. And because of the impact of her story, I've turned this into two episodes. So make sure you listen to both to get the full scoop. The first part is dedicated to her diagnosis and what she did initially. And then the second one to the amazing feats that she took after that to really change the face of MS. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Aurora, it's so good to have you here. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I remember when I first met you and you started sharing your story with me, I was just kind of blown away, not by <laughs> only just your physical and, and spiritual beauty, but your fight. Thanks. And, thank you. and so maybe you could just take us back to the day where you knew that something was wrong. Yes. So um, in December of uh, 2000, I'm sorry, November of 2008, um, late November, I started experiencing this pain in the back of my right eye. And actually, let me back up. Even before that, my eye started twitching, but it was a constant twitch. It wasn't going away. Um, and I didn't really pay much attention to it. You know, I had four kids under the age of seven. So of course there was a lot of stress involved and I just kind of thought it was that. And um, and then that pain grew into, I'm sorry, that um, twitching in my eye turned into a pain in the back of my right eye. And, you know, you never know how much you use your eyes until it starts to hurt to use your eyes. So I, hmm. I could not roll my eye up, down, left or right, because it was excruciating. Hmm. Um, and even in your sleep, your eyes are constantly moving. So I would feel that and I'd wake up with this pain. It was, it was just terrible. And then the vision loss began. At first, it was like someone took an eraser and erased a squiggly line in the center of my eye. Um, and then it was from that line down. And then one day, I was just completely blind in my right eye. Wait, so, so was, hold, hold on. So you mm -hmm. went from twitching to yes. pain yes. to loss of vision. How long, what time period was that? Was that like It was a within a week's time. 
Wait, what? Yes. It was within a week's time. So um, the twitching happened. Um, a, and so, well, I should say that twitching happened a week late, a week after that, I started experiencing the vision loss and the vision loss went quickly within a week. So it was a squiggly line two like days later gone. and yeah, two, it was squiggly line of blindness. And then from that line down a blindness. And then like a few days later, completely blind in my right eye. It was, it was, it was so scary, you know, to not be able to see out of your right eye and, and, uh, and then wonder what's going on. I can't even imagine. So what was your immediate thought? Were you like, I mean, I, I need to obviously go see a doctor, but was, was there, was it an easy diagnosis? Did they say immediately? Yes, you have. So actually when the squiggly line of, a, of a vision loss began, I did go see a specialist and he immediately sent me to another specialist. And, um, and then during waiting for that appointment is when I went blind. So at that point, I was actually rushed for an MRI. And I honestly was very worried, but I thought more, you know, not having the knowledge I do now that everything is connected in our body, I thought, oh, maybe I have an eye infection, you know, yeah. or something like going on with my eye, <laughs> not thinking like, yeah, you know, just neurological. How our, yeah, how integrated our bodies are. I'm thinking I might have an eye infection. It was interesting because I wrote contacts. I was due for a checkup, and I kept putting it off, putting it off. I was like, shoot, should have gone for my checkup. You know, maybe they would have found whatever this is. And and so there was that fear. But then again, I thought, you know, it's probably just some weird eye thing, and they'll take care of it. Part mm -hmm. of me was, you know, thinking that at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you went to the second specialist and what did they say? Well, I never got to that specialist because huh? I went blind in my eye during waiting for the appointment. And uh, so at that point when I went blind in my eye and I called the specialist I was going to go to and said, I just completely lost vision. He immediately sent me for an MRI that day. I hmm. got put in for an MRI. Uh. The next day I walk into a neurologist's office and he sits me down and he says, this is your brain. And up pops my brain, and all I see is these white spots all over my brain, like popcorn. Some are big, some are small, all over. He said, you have over 10 lesions that we can see on your brain. Uh, with the contrast, this is what's lighting up uh, from the MRI, but there could be more. Um, and he said, you have had an extreme case of optic neuritis, which is inflammation of the optic nerve. Usually, optic neuritis is blurry vision, partial vision loss, double vision. But this is extreme. You're, you're blind and your vision will never come back. It's gone. Wow. Yeah. So, and okay. then he said, um, and these 10 lesions in conjunction with optoneuritis is multiple sclerosis. So these lesions will, you know, more will appear over time. They'll grow. And th this is what will cause symptoms. And, he, and then the final blow was really, um, and, and I have to add this, I thought this wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I was nervous, of course, like I said, I mean, it was an eye infection. So I was there alone. Okay. We hadn't been in California that long. We've, um, we had just literally moved here not been long before. I had four kids under the age of seven. My youngest was not even a year. And so I had my husband stay with the kids and I went to this appointment. So I'm sitting all alone. And he says to me, I'm sorry to tell you, but because of where one of your, some of your lesions are located on your brainstem, you will be in a wheelchair within the next five years. So if you live in a two-story home, I strongly suggest you start making arrangements to move to a one-story home because this can progress quickly. MS is incurable, it's progressive, and you'll be on medications your whole life. Okay. And that was my diagnosis. I, 
all, I, all at once within all, like a, a quick 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here shaking. Okay. Yes. And, and I'm terrified. And I just can't even imagine being in your shoes. Like you go from being, okay, in a place where nothing is wrong to getting a diagnosis of MS that's incurable. But yes. I have to ask you, were there any other warning signs? Like what do, was anything going on prior to the twitching where you were just like, huh, wonder what's happening. I wonder if I should go get this checked out. Like what, anything? Yeah, actually years before that, I was living in Miami and I had had my daughter. And a few months after uh, my daughter was born, I started getting really bad vertigo. Mm. And um, they did an MRI at that time, but nothing showed up. And now that I look back, it's funny you mentioned that because I found that the other day because we did a remodel on, on our uh, first floor of our house. So I had moved some things around. And you know, those old school like x-rays they used to yeah. give you back in the day. There's no yeah. thing you'd get like the whole thing. And it was, and I remembered, oh my gosh, that's right. They did an MRI after I had that vertigo, but they didn't use contrast. And so lesions, to see a lesion on the brain, you have to use contrast because they light up. Mm. Um, and it's very easy to miss um, on those MRIs. And, you know, that was a, a long time ago. So maybe, you know, they weren't, they weren't as aware back then to do that. Um, so yes, I was having some things, but nothing crazy. Like I've heard a lot of people with MS, oh yes, you know, I, I always had tingling or, oh, I've always wondered what was wrong with me all these years. It wasn't like that for me at all. Mm. Um, but I'm going to say one thing is that now after 11 years of speaking with MS patients from all over the world, hundreds and hundreds of people I've talked to over the years, it's just incredible. Always, okay, like clockwork, there is some stressful event mm. that has happened within the year, a miscarriage, a divorce. For me, we had moved here from the East Coast to here. I had just had our fourth baby. We were in real estate the, coming from the East Coast to West Coast to, to we had always, my husband had always been in real estate, but we were starting a new business here. So it was like starting a whole new business. And literally when we landed here, the market crashed. It was 08. A lot of yeah. chills go through people's I bodies when that. I say that. When I, I say remember that it. And uh, we were like literally losing everything with four kids. It was a very, very stressful time. I didn't have a lot of support, no family. Like I think I mean, maybe knew a few people here, but it was a rough time. Yeah. And I just have come to learn that, you know, something might we all have stuff sitting in our body. Like they say, any of all, we all have cancer in our bodies. You know, it's just not showing up as cancer yet, right? And so it's like, what are we going to allow to manifest in our bodies? We have control over that, which is really, you know, it's scary to think like, oh crap, I can have all this stuff happen to me. But how exciting to know you can have control over allowing that to manifest or not manifest in your body. And so I believe that so many years of living the way I had, which was, not taking care of myself, always taking care of my family, not me, being incredibly stressed out, high anxiety, high stress person, very like, you know, just um, very stressed out. I, I, I didn't know how to manage that. And have, you know, being responsible for kids at 35, my body's like, oh, I'm done. You know, yeah, <laughs> can't so, handle this anymore. And it shows and, up. And it's so. true. And, you know, inflammatory, you know, an inflammatory state will cause pretty much almost all of the progressive chronic diseases that we're seeing right now um, in it's our It's the root society. cause of all disease. Inflammation it's is the, the root, root cause of all the, and every MS symptom is inflammation. Mine, blind, blindness was a third, was um, inflammation of the optic nerve. So 
it's the root cause of everything. Can you define what, what is MS for people listening who are like, I've heard of MS. I, I know maybe people who have had it, but what is it exactly? Okay. So mind. Okay. This is the medical definition. <laughs> the medical definition is that your body's attacking itself. It's an autoimmune disease. So your body thinks that it needs to fight something off and it's literally attacking you instead of helping you. Mm. And so my, what I've learned now after 11 years of healing my body from this disease and not having any symptoms, not being on any medications and taking this complete alternative route is it's a very simple thing. I learned from uh, my uh, Ayurvedic neurologist, Dr. Kalit Chaudhry, who was here at Scripps Green in California for many years and now is in India. And, and one day she looked at me after I was so stressed of like, okay, I did an MRI. Some lesions are gone. Some lesions are back. Do I have it? Don't I? I have this symptom or I don't. Do I still have it or don't I? And I was just so stressed out about it. I have an MRI done. I'd be calling the office like all day. Did you get results? Did you get results? And she's like, listen, <laughs> you need to take this MS label off of you and throw it away. Mm. And you need to look at like this. Is my body in balance or is my body out of balance? And that was the biggest gift that woman ever gave me and, and to top of teaching me about herbs and so many things. I've been exposed to like the most amazing doctors that have helped me in my journey. It was like a whole, oh, thank God. Like it just took this whole weight off of me because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to think like that anymore. Like, do I have lesions? Don't I? Do I have a mess? What's happening? It's, am I in balance or am I out of balance? Mm. Am I taking care of my body or am I not? And even so what, now, what did, it, what did it look like before? What did it look like? You know, obviously, just moving and having four kids and <laughs> coming to California from the East Coast. I mean, all yeah, of it's that, like all the most stressful it, events in and of itself <laughs> is enough. And then to have yeah. the market crash. But like when you say you weren't really taking care of yourself and you were more focused on everybody around you, like what did that look like? Did that mean? Like, what were you, what was your regular diet? Were you, so were you eating? I well? had the very false um, belief that because I was skinny, I was healthy. Because I had four kids and I could fit back into my little pants and all my sizes, I was healthy. And I, I really believe that. Why should I exercise? I'm not fat. Why, why should I care what I eat? I'm, I'm not fat. And I, I really believe that. And it's so false because I was so unhealthy, obviously, with my diagnosis. Um, and so I really kind of lived, carried that on, and, and that's how I, I treated my body. I was, very, I was not intentional at all with my body, which is completely different from how I live my life right now. Yeah. Um, everything I put in my body, I wasn't thinking, like, you know. Like, what, would, had, be, what would, would be breakfast for you? Like, take me through. Well, I would, I would serve everyone breakfast, and then I would, you know, be like, oh, my gosh, we're late for school. And I'd grab, like, a piece of toast and head out the door as, you know, I'm in the car eating my toast. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure, like, everyone hadn't, you know, balanced something, but not me. And, you know, and it was, so it was very much nutritionally. I believe I was very depleted nutritionally. Um, I've never had like eating disorders, quite the opposite. I love to eat. I'm Colombian and food's a huge part of my culture and I, I love to eat. Um, but I was not being good and intentional to my body. So that was the first thing mm. um, was that I, I was very depleted, had four kids very close together. You know, like I said, when I got diagnosed, I had four kids under the age of seven. So wow. we're talking about having a child every two years between the middle ones. It was a three years apart, nurse them all. And of course, after I had a baby, because, you know, I'm superwoman, you know, I would just not even take the time to honor my body for what it had gone through and give it that time to heal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, pop this baby out, 
pop my back into my pants. Let's go. Like, <laughs> let's take the stroller and go to the park. Like I had sure. newborns, like people were shocked. Like babies, like days old in, in, in a little sling going off to like target or something. And I, I carried that like as a badge of honor. I thought I was so amazing. And here I am like, had zero awareness of any of this, of how but to treat know, my body. It's not, you know, who do we have out there that's telling us that we need to take a break? We live in a society that's all about the more you do, the more, the better you are, do more, mm-hmm. you know, be here, be superwoman, have a job, have a career, have kids, do it all. Yeah. So it's, it's not counterculture to do what you did. Um, yes. did at any time. So very, you know, you're depleted nutritionally. You've, you've had four kids in a very concentrated period of time. Plus you add all of these life stresses on top mm-hmm. of that you get your diagnosis and you start seeing a nap. You mentioned an Ayurvedic doctor. What made you decide to go that route versus going to a tradition, you know, the traditional medicine route? So the Ayurvedic doctor came much later that, that first year of my diagnosis. So what happened was, um, I was, I used to work for the Washington times in DC and they would send me, um, to cover their international projects. So it was a, it was a journalist and a marketing director, but we worked very closely together and something happened to me when I got diagnosed, I went home, I cried for hours and I did the worst thing you can do. Go on the internet <laughs> and Google <laughs> multiple sclerosis. And I see, you know, people's videos, like it's just awful. I wake up every morning. I don't know what I'm, symptoms I'm going to have. I don't, I mean, it was just like depressing after, you know, hopelessness, hope. It was like, oh my gosh. And I was so depressed. So I would go to school, never forget to drop my kids off with this triple stroller. So three kids sitting in a stroller and one on the back right? You know, I'm here I am. And I had my glasses on from crying all morning. And this mom comes up and goes, Oh my gosh, she always looks so cute. How do you do that? Like you always look great. And I'm like, if you only knew like what I'm going through right now, like it's just, it was so bad. And, and so I just remember, I'm thinking that specific day because I went home and I was, um, I thought, you know, I'm, my life is over. Like I will never be able to take care of my kids. Like, why would God give me four kids if I'm going to be in a wheelchair and can't take care of them? And I'm in this space. And my husband sits me down and he says, we'll, we'll be married 20 years in May. He's an amazing man. And he said, Aurora, I understand you're going to mourn your health. I know this is hard for you. It's hard for all of us, but you need to trust God in what he has in this. And you, he, he, and, and you need to just give this to him and let him guide you. And I realized like, oh my gosh, like that's who I thought I would be if I had a diagnosis like this. And I am not that person. I'm like pissed off. I'm scared. I'm on the computer all the time crying, like, you know, crazy. And at that moment, I made this active choice to say, okay, God, I don't want this. I don't know why you're giving this to me, but I'm not going to go this way anymore. I'm going to go this way. So if you're going to do this, like help me out. Like it was like that kind of prayer. Were you always and a person of faith? I've all, mean- yeah, I have. I've always been a person of faith. Hmm. I think, um, I'm a person, I'm like, I've always been a person of strong faith when things are going great. And at the same time, like things would go bad and I wouldn't turn to God. I would, I realized that this was like my big wake up call in the spiritual sense that, wow, like I'm, I'm angry and I'm, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not trusting God. Like I thought I would with, with what I know in my faith and, you know, and who I know God to be as what I've learned through my faith. And so, so I, I, for the first of my life, I really just kind of 
gave up and surrendered because what other choice do I have? I mean, honestly, what am I going to do with this terrible diagnosis? You know? And it was at that time, I really felt like God was like, okay, girl, let's go. It took me by the hand and like started leading me on this journey, which was so incredible. So the first thing I did is I thought, okay, who, I need to find out about this disease. I need to find out what medications are taking, what this looks like to live like this. So I wasn't on social media at the time. I sent an email to my whole email list. And I said, look, this is what's happened to me. This is what, what diagnosis is. Do you know anyone that has MS? And people started writing back. There's a mom at the school. There's my aunt in Australia. Oh, this guy just taught this finance class at church and he mentioned he had it. And I just started writing, you know, the kind of like my whole journalist stuff came back from back in the day. And I just started writing their names and I would call or meet with them at coffee or whatever, you know, Skype with them or whatever it was I had to do to get their story. Yeah. Connecting. And what I, what happened and I, it's so crazy because during this whole remodel where I found the, the big um, x-ray, I also found the notebook that I have with all of these notes in it. And it was 35 people that I spoke to. I always thought it was 30, but it was 35 people I spoke to. And I asked them the same question. When did you get this? What are your symptoms? What are you doing? Where are you now? And they're telling me their story. And I just write, write, write. And after getting all this information, I found out everyone had MS, was on medication. And 10, 15 years later with MS, they not just had MS now, they had MS and fibromyalgia or MS and rheumatoid arthritis. They would take their medication on a Friday because they'd be really sick on Saturday. By Sunday, kind of felt like they had the flu. So Monday, they could go back to work. I'm like, I don't want to live like this. And I just started really doubting the medicine part um, and wondering what are my options here. And so um, one of the people I interviewed, they took medication, but they also went to this holistic center in Encinitas, which is here in San, in San Diego area. Um, and they said, you know, I'm on medicine, but I go to this place, they teach me how to eat and what supplements to take to help me. And I was like, what? Like, what is food and the supplement have to do with this? Like, it's a disease. Like, it just kind of gets popped on you and you have it, you know, I'm thinking. Yeah. And that really intrigued me. So I thought to myself, after I had gone to a few doctor's appointments, they kept going, did you choose on medication? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know yet. And they're like, you have to go on a medication. Like, if you don't go on a medication soon, you're not going to be able to take care of your kids in the future. This is serious. And did it's going to move really fast. By the way, during this time, not to interrupt you, but did your blindness go away? Did it, was your, so, come so back? no, I'm still blind wow. this whole time. Okay. And, and, and I, that's part of my story, which is really incredible. So I'm still blind this whole, remember I um, was told I would never get my vision back. So I saw three, during this time, I saw three of the top neurologists in San Diego. Okay. One was an MS specialist. So these are people who, you know, within the medical community are very respected within this field. Everyone, same, same thing. Wheelchair, medications, progressive, no cure, lesions, like you're screwed. Hmm. So after 30 days of blindness, I say, okay, my last resort is going to be going to this place this guy told me about. Like I, if he, they don't tell me something different, I'm going to have to just pick a medication and see what happens with this. So I walk into this holistic center. I had no idea about alternative medicine, holistic medicine, functional medicine, zero, nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I walk in and there's people like hooked up to IVs, you know, getting vitamin A or whatever, you know, vitamin B and um, drips, whatever they're doing there. It just seems so weird to me. I was so creeped out. Didn't feel like a doctor's office. I wasn't sure what I was stepping into. And I go there and I, um, I get seen by um, the doctor there. And he tells me to lay down this table after I tell him what had happened to me. And he, and he starts massaging my neck. Hmm. So at this point, I'm weirded out. I pop up. I'm like, 
what are you doing? I don't need a massage. Like I'm sick. I need help. I have kids. I'm blind. I'm going to be in a wheelchair. And he goes, you don't understand. You, your optic nerves connect to your neck. And by doing this, it helps to stimulate your sight back. And then they did all these tests and all this. And he said, you are so deficient in so many minerals and vitamins. We need to take these supplements. You need to eat an anti-inflammatory diet, which looks like this. And this, there's a lot of hope within this. And you should really look into, he told me about this other doctor that's online named Dr. Mercola, who's a very well-known, you know, um, we know him um, well. sick doctor. Yeah. I have, I have a great story. This part of my story with him. And and so I walked out of there and I'll never forget because it never rains here really. And I had, we had just moved here. So I hadn't seen like a really rainy day and coming from like Miami and the East coast area, you know, it was weird. Like never rained. that day it was dark and it was pouring mm-hmm. and I walked out of there sobbing. And I remember sitting in my car and just like shaking, crying, holding this bag of supplements that was like a couple hundred bucks, <laughs> having paid money I don't have at the time to these crazy doctors. Because unfortunately, you know, in this country, that is never covered by any type of insurance, alternative care like that. And um, I just felt so hopeless. I'm like, I just got conned by these crazy holistic people. And that's how, you know, desperate I am. Like, this is so sad. And I went home and I thought to myself, you know, I've never really like taken care of myself like this. I thought about that this would even matter. So I might as well just try it. So I started following all the little things. Like in the morning, you're going to do this. You're going to eat this. And at this what time, you're going to take this supplement. The way. What, like what did they give you? What did they tell you you should you take? You know, it was a lot of mineral deficiencies I had. I remember having a mineral supplement. I was completely vitamin D deficient, which again, which most cause people of are, most people with a diagnosis. Most people, yeah, if you have anything from the cold to the flu to cancer, you're vitamin D deficient, right? So it's something to really look into, which is so interesting because I've always lived in kind of sunny areas like Miami. We lived in upstate New York for a very short time in here and I wasn't outside a lot. So I thought that was strange. But when you're autoimmune, your body doesn't um, process vitamin D from the sun the same way. It's very different. So these are all things I've learned along the way. So I started just following these things and, um, you know, eating like whole foods, like plant-based foods and, and just, just following everything he told me within a few days, within a few days, okay, of just feeding my body this way, I start seeing like these weird little like sparks of my eye. Mm. And so I get excited and I call my neurologist. I'm like, I'm seeing these sparks in my eye. What is that? And he goes, that's just like your nerves firing off after what's happened to you. So don't get excited. Your vision is gone. It's been over 30 days now. Your vision's gone. I'm like, okay, doctor's always right. You know, so so then, you know, a few... Mm-hmm. So then uh, that's why I always say, look, doctors are amazing people, but they don't know everything. Yeah. And you can't always believe everything they're telling you, you know, and, and sometimes they're not trained in a lot of these things. They're trained to put you in a box of symptoms, medicate you and diagnose you. And the next person comes into the office and, you know, that's what they're trained to do is help people in that way, which isn't always, doesn't always help everybody, a lot of people. So, so, um, so then, you know, a meeting like this and an- another week goes by and I start, it starts happening more. So I'm seeing more light. Now I'm seeing color and the color's blurry. Then a few, few more days, everything's clear. Two weeks after that little massage and just eating, nourishing my body, you know, in this way that I was taught, anti-inflammatory and the supplements, my vision wasn't just back. It was back better than before. Because remember, I mentioned to you, I was due for a checkup on my contacts. I went in for an eye exam and the doctor said, oh, we need to increase the prescription in your right eye because your, your eyesight went up. 
And I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) I was just blind in that right eye. And that was the moment for me that I was like, I am 100% in. Like I was literally blind. Now I can see all these top doctors and specialists and all these professionals, you know, experts in this field told me I would never get my vision back. Three of them, of the top ones, I can see. So there's something they don't know. There's something they're not telling me. I'm going this way. Mm. And that was it for me. I just 100%, I followed everything they were telling me. And so I went on, I looked up Dr. McCullough. Dr. McCullough at the time had an article breaking down all the MS medications and what they really do to your body. Like this one, it causes liver failure, you know, just breaking it down. And at that moment with that article, I said, I will never go on medication. I'm not doing it. It doesn't make sense to me. And it's so cool because when I read that article, you know, uh, five years later, I was doing so great. And I remember telling myself, it was like so crazy. Like it wasn't even like a prayer. I just kind of said out loud, like, God, I hope one day I can meet him and thank him for that. Because that like really was a catalyst for not saying no to the medication um, on top of what I was taught at this place in Encinitas. And, and I got that moment last, um, a few months ago, actually at a, an event we, I was at a health event. I met Dr. McCullough and I got to, we cried <laughs> together and, and I got to tell him, you know, thank you. Thank you for writing that article and, and, and putting that information out to, to let people know that there's another way, you know, Absolutely. so it was really amazing. So, so yeah, so then that was a point I no medication. I kept up with um, the diet changes. My body was healing. And as the months went on, instead of getting sicker and weaker, as I was told I was going to get, I kept feeling healthier and stronger. And I was so confused. And my doctors are so confused. So I kept hearing, you're just getting lucky. It's just a matter of time. You know, sometimes this happens. And, and um, I just knew that I was doing the right thing. And it got to a point where my doctor was, one of them fired me. Uh, the other one got so mad at me. He said, I'm the top doctor in San Diego for the past blah, blah years. And you're trying to tell me you're going to eat your way out of this. I'm like, actually, yes, I am. (laughs) But it's, you know, just even looking back, like I'm 35, our life is like, does not look positive. I never thought we'd be where we are now. I mean, with business and everything that's happened over the years, like things are really looking bad. And I had this confidence in me that I knew that I knew that I was right and they were wrong. And I can't tell you that it was just, I, I even look back now, I'm like, that's crazy. Like it, you know, with everything I had going on and these four little kids and I have these doctors telling me all this stuff. And I knew that I was doing the right thing. Like I didn't even have a doubt at the time that I was not going to, like what I was doing wasn't working, especially once my vision came back, you know? And so, so I didn't have a neurologist anymore. Um, I kept doing, you know, living this, my life this way and following the recommendations and going to the center when I could, because it was really expensive and we were losing everything at the time, like I said. So we really, I, a lot of what I did was um, coming, you know, I followed their recommendations and then I would just, re- I did a lot of research. I became an incredible researcher. And what's online right now, and especially now, 11 years later, you can literally heal yourself and have the information from that, <laughs> you know? I mean, really, you can find people like me. I'm not the only one. There's hundreds of us out there, you know, with a similar story or doing great, you know, on, with all kinds of diagnoses. And there's so much information out there. It's amazing. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? 
I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for Recipes for Your Best Life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.